I had another game. It was electronic. When you started this off, you were a genius. By the end of this game, you were a complete loser. It's called Simon. Okay, wait. It was round. It had four colorful cubes. All you had to do, remember. That's it. It wasn't easy, though. This was any kid having a game of Simon. Here it is. Ready? Boop. Boop. Boop, oop. Boop boop. Boop boop. Boop boop. Boop boop boop. Boop boop boop. Boop boop boop. Boop 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 There is no familiar sound than that of the beep 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 boop boop beep of the classic Simon. A game that was nothing more than a matching game on ecstasy, but a game with lasting <laughs> cultural impact. This is the story of Simon. This is Toys R Us. All of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, all of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, all of my best friends are toys. Hello, uh, welcome back to Toys R Us, your weekly history lesson on a toy that grew up by your side. My name is Richard Hunt, and with me once again is my cousin and co-host, Brian Muth. Hey guys, how you doing? I don't know about you, but I'm ready to press the buttons. Let's get this thing slap started. them buttons. Slapping the bass, man. Slapping the bass. Slap that bass. Slapping the bass, man. But let's just get in a fucking, uh, do a weekly segment where we just praise Paul Rudd. Let's do it. You know, let's start a church for Paul Rudd. Because you know what? Slight sidebar. I, I collect action figures, as many mm-hmm. of the listeners know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just got an Ant-Man figure the other day, and it's got the alternate Paul Rudd head. Nice. And it's got the quintessential. If you picture in your mind's eye Paul Rudd smirking, yeah, it's this action figure. Good. It's fantastic. Like, good. the likeness is ridiculous. I, so good. I've loved Paul Rudd for so long that it's like... Him being in the Marvel Universe is amazing, it's but also now it's like people are like jumping on the Paul Rudd bandwagon. Right. It's like, okay. Talk to me when you've watched like Halloween 6, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's another one like uh, Gwen Stefani and Keanu Reeves where they're just... Timeless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've been here for eons. And you know what? I, I just got to say, I love this modern Keanu Reeves renaissance. Yes. Because it's like, dude, like John Wick, so good. Mm-hmm. Like that, I love that it brought him back to the forefront because, you know, a lot of people give Keanu shit about his acting, but I think that's part of the charm. Yeah. Because it's. To me, it's it's very grounded, like his, his subtle his, Nick Cage. Yes, and not crazy and just yeah, he's just bonkers. Nick Cage on Quaaludes. Yeah, oh, perfect. Wow, wow. And I hope they finally do get the ball rolling on Bill and Ted Bill Three. And Ted 3. <laughs> Dude, I will be there opening day, ticket in hand. Absolutely. Because it's like the closest that the Americans, us Americans, are going to get to our like our own version of a Doctor Who. His Bill yeah. and Ted. Yeah. Ted Theodore Logan. Bill S. Preston Esquire. Yeah. And fucking death. <laughs> they melvin me. They melvin me. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And you know what? And I love that actor too, William Sadler. Yeah. He's like, he's one of the best character actors ever. Oh, absolutely. I love him. So good. Hey, Melvin to me. Hey, Melvin to me. Let's go. So, we start our tale in 1977, where we meet up with a man named Ralph Bayer in a locale that is a pleasant little vacation from our normal place of interest, the New York Toy Fair. This time, we're going to stop at the Music Operators of America trade show. Which is just like, God, so many of these things are just like, how many words can I throw into one fucking thing? That is like the most word salad of, like, trade shows. And there's no, it was not acronymed anywhere. Which it could have been acronymed into MOTES. Yeah. The fuck? It's literally MOTES. Right. Music Operators of America trade show. What's MOTES? MOTES. How hard would that be? <sighs> MOTES art. art. Boom! Come on. Missed, missed opportunity here. Dude, they whiffed it. Huge. That's why we need the fucking uh, phone box. Yep. With Bill and Ted. Bill Go and back Ted. and tell them. Moats. Art. Moats art. Um, this is where Ralph was introduced to an Atari toy that ended up birthing Simon. The Atari arcade... That sounds graphic. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, uh, boop. Boop. What would, like, art- Atari birthing sounds sound like <laughs> you'd have to pu- pu- fucking push yeah <laughs> push had to <gasps> slam that little Pressing orange button. button um the Atari arcade cabinet game called touch me push me and then just touch me <laughs> ooh you touch, touch my, my yeah <laughs> uh he saw a lot of potential in the Simon Says concept behind Touch Me, mm-hmm. but he found it rather boring and he was put off by the sounds that came from it. Understandable. Which, I'm going to play it. Do it. <clears throat> Give us a little AV here. This is the one I think. Yeah, this is. <laughs> this looks like fucking... Morse code. Yeah, it sounds like it almost. Yeah, so he did. He was not a fan of that. Ralph had already been dubbed the father of video games for his help in birthing the industry with his creation, the Brown Box, hmm. which was hmm. later bought by Magnavox and renamed the Magnavox Odyssey. He also invented the first light gun. So when that shitty little dog from Duck Hunt laughs at your failures, you essentially have Ralph to blame. Hmm. Thanks, Ralph. Thanks, Ralph. Dick. Nah, I'm kidding. So, the potential he saw in Touch Me would go on to create a toy that would be loved for many years by many people. Ralph, a few years prior, created his own Chicago-based consulting company and linked up with the Chicago-based toy firm Marvin Glass & Associates. Your cousin, Marvin Glass? <laughs> Listen to this! <laughs> Beep. 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 Uh, which they deserve their own episode at some point, having created a few massive hits like Rock'em Sock'em Robots and Light Bright. Classics! Um, this is where he met Howard Morrison, and the two of them bonded over the mutual dislike for the final product Atari brought to the show. Mm-hmm. And despite the fact that Marvin Glass and Associates disbanded, the pair went on to create a more perfect version of the game that they both disliked. Ralph noted that it had, quote, nice gameplay, terrible execution, it was visually boring and made miserable rasping sounds. So he he had no love loss for the fucking Seriously, he's just shitting on that. 
Um, in a sort of weird twist of fate, because I had absolutely no idea going into this episode that Ralph and Howard used a very particular bit of technology in making the soothing and not-so-soothing sounds that came out of what would become Simon. I feel like there's going to be a tie-in. The technology is that of the brain inside the speaking spell. Boom! Texas Instruments, motherfuckers! Yep, Texas Instrument TMS-1000 microprocessor chip. Boom. They placed that chip inside of a little box that they dubbed Follow Me. Which is just like, come on. Follow me, and then touch me. (laughs) Oh, God. Things, what is things you don't want to hear in an alley? Yep. Yeah. I got these cheeseburgers. I got these cheeseburgers. That's Follow gonna me. end up being a fucking shirt because we say it every fucking episode. It's these cheeseburgers, I cheeseburgers, man. Um, yeah. So it was kind of like very on the nose way of copying Atari without copyright, the right? Because you know, fu- follow me and touch me. I almost said fudge me. Yeah. Well, it's it's pretty much telling them to go fudge themselves. Hey. Uh. And that's the point. That was his right, point, absolutely. because he had a bit of a grudge with Atari, because they bastardized his brown box idea and made it cheaper and more easy to sell, which brown box was the original Atari. Right. They they stole it. They, they fucking Tesla'd him. Oh, God. Hashtag fuck you, Thomas Edison. Yeah, real dickhead. Stick a light bulb up your ass. Now, t- sidebar about light mm. bulbs. There is this trend, and I think it was like summer or something of last year. Say, please don't say people sticking light bulbs up their asses. No, people will put light bulbs in their mouth because your mouth will open for a light bulb, but once it gets in there, there's no way to get it out. No, yeah, yeah, because you break it. your mouth clenches down on it um, without clenching, mm-hmm. and you can't pull it back out. Nope. Uh, I watched a video where like they somehow got like. Uh, a sock or something around the light bulb that was in this kid's mouth. Oh, no. And broke the light bulb. Yeah. But it was wrapped up in the sock, so when it broke, they were just... Okay, so that's not so bad. Out. Yeah. But it's like, why the fuck would you put... And I know, look it. Uh, what's, what's it called? When you have these thoughts. Impulsive thoughts. In, or intrusive thoughts. Yeah, yeah, intrusive thoughts. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, where you're like... I think it's like Bill Burr has this, uh, uh, a bit about it. Like, <laughs> okay. he's just driving on the street, but if he veers to the left and hits all totally, these people, yeah. he's like, I just have a normal day, or I could be infamous. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, why Why does your brain think shit like that? Like, when you're standing on the edge of, like, a cliff or something, or, like, the top of a building, you're like, I could totally jump off this building. You know, <laughs> I actually read an article about that, and they say hmm. it's a, it's a oh, what's the word they used? Uh, like, a coping mechanism. Like, it gives you, like, power. You know, it's like, I could do this, but I choose not to. Like, I could splatter all these people, but I'm not going to. Right. I could jump off this, but I'm not going to. I could put a fucking light bulb in my mouth, and you know what? I will. You know what? That sounds like a good idea. I I haven't seen the inside of a hospital in a while. (laughs) God. Just the, just the fucking... It just gives me the willies. The Wiggins. The Dick Wiggins, yeah. It gives me the Dick Wiggins. <laughs> I couldn't imagine doing it. No, me neither. And I get like... Oh, yeah, I probably could put a fucking light bulb in my mouth. Yeah. But some people would do it. Yeah. Just because... 
They think they could do it. Yeah, they're like, hey, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be famous. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna run for president. Ugh, I have all the best words. Right? No. I think I can do it. I think I can. I think I can. <laughs> you know? He, he's just one giant intrusive thought. Oh, man, you're right. An intrusive thought in the Wiggins. Dick Wiggins. Dick Wiggins. And spray tan. Uh, you see this tray that Abraham Lincoln used? Put ranch in it, please. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. I have chicken nuggets on the way. I just can't. Uh, that fucking desk man, the resolute desk. Uh. He befouls on a daily basis. Uh, I Sorry, post- I don't mean to get terribly political, but... I do. Fuck that asshole. I don't yeah, shit. Okay, you're right. We're, fuck uh, that uh, asshole. Toys R Us, we have a very, very... Very liberal bias. Yeah. Fuck that guy. And everything he stands for. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> if you don't like that shit, fuck you too. Really, I don't care. Um, let's see. And if you say no, then I say to hell with you. <laughs> So, despite the fact that they bastardized his idea and made the Atari, right. he wasn't going to go down without a fight. So, perfecting Atari's touch me became his main goal. What they ended up with was not a square, but a circle. A circle that was vicious and far less kind when it came to fuck-ups. But it is aesthetically pleasing as oh. opposed to a square. Yeah. For whatever reason. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Because the square so. had circles on it, those were the right. buttons, but it's like, if you make the whole thing a circle... And you just... We're just drawn to circles, I don't know. You yeah, know? we are. Think about it. Yeah. Um, the first few iterations let you continue on a bit if you fucked up. Oh, so it did so, not write... Uh, yeah, it didn't just end immediately. <sharp inhale> However, as they perfected it to its final form, that level of kindness was kicked out the door. Yeah. Yeah. Simon is an unforgiving mistress. Hey, Simon says, fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a grueling game of many different varieties. And when they premiered the final version of Follow Me, now known as Simon, to in order to avoid any lawsuits, they premiered in 1978 at the weirdest of possible places to reveal a toy. Okay? I'm going to say it's not the New York toy. It's not. Because that would be... Par for the course. Yes. Think about the places you could premiere a toy. Oh, the places Give me a list. What, where, where would you think that you would premiere a toy at, aside from New York Toy Fair? Like CES Consumer Electronics Show. Mm-hmm, that would make sense. Um, boy, I don't e- know. I'm even kinda... at a toy store would make oh, yeah. sense. You yeah, know, yeah. like you go to fucking KB Toys in the right. mall or fucking like even Toys Toys R Us. Your FAO shorts. They're still alive. Though. No, um, <laughs> in a gas station parking lot. No, they premiered it at the Studio Fifty Four nightclub in New York Get City. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> yeah. So, they premiered it and it was ready for a holiday season of 1978 and was poised to be a big hit at the price point of twenty four ninety five. with inflation, though. That's $96.14. Uh, the sound that they used, which they decided was a marked improvement to touch me, came after Ralph stumbled upon a children's encyclopedia and learned that the bugle only makes four notes. So, the, the notes in Simon are just the four notes that a bugle makes. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, when all was said and done, Simon had the following specifications and was powered by a 9-volt battery. There are four skill levels on Simon. Skill 1 will play a sequence of 8 lights. Skill 2 will play a sequence of 16 lights. 
Skill 3 is 24 lights, and Skill 4 will play the full 32 light game. I'm, um, I'm terrible at those, at, at yeah, Simon. Yeah. Um, it's awful. What I'm not terrible at is, like, anytime there's, like, any type of mini game where they have, like, the three cups, yeah. and something is hidden underneath oh, the yeah, cups, like three and you have Monty. to watch it, yeah. I'm fucking good at Dude, that. Dude, the shell game, so, so good. good. Yeah. Uh, Simon will speed up the flashing after 5, 9, and 13 lights have been played in sequence. So you have to have hands that move as fast as grabbing something hot from the microwave, or like Grandma's Boy, the oven. The oven, yeah. yeah. Because the game ends if at any time you fail to play the sequence back as Simon has played it to you. Uh, the second variation is meant for two or more players. To begin, one player presses any light on Simon and passes Simon to the next player. The next player must press the button that the previous player pressed, then add one more to the sequence. Sounds like an electronic version of Horse. Yeah, basically, yeah. The third okay. player must play the sequence as it has been created and add one po- add one more. This process is repeated until one player fails to repeat the sequence and they are eliminated from the game. Played musical chair style, the winner is the last player standing. The last boop standing. Yeah, much like Game of Thrones, it's win or die. Yeah. Uh, especially when it comes to being like a competitive child. Oh, yeah. Because I took no fucking prisoners. Neither no did fucking... I. My sister still reminds me of that. <laughs> you know, blood will be spilled. Oh, yes, there will be blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a just a fun sidebar. Ah. Uh, no country for old men, and there will be blood. Wait. I always had flipped in my head. Okay. Because there will be blood seems like a better title for No Country for You're Old Men. You're absolutely Dad. right, and... No Country for Old Men seems to work a lot better for yes, There Will through, Be Blood. Yeah. 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 Um, let's see. 100% less stealing of milkshakes, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, the third variation is a four-player game, with each player controlling one light of Simon. Simon, just like the core variation, will play a sequence, and the players must repeat it. So, okay. like, this was... You didn't decide to beat... This was Simon doing it. Four people played it. Um, The difference here is that all the players must remember the sequence because each player must play their light when it's supposed to be played. So, like, you had this light. I had that light. Mm. You had to play it just right. right. Um, The player that plays their button out of turn in the sequence is eliminated. And Simon will begin a new sequence using the lights from the three remaining players. And this will continue until the players can repeat a 32-light sequence, or only one player remains. Just like the Highlander, there can be only <laughs> there one. There can be only one, yep. In 1980, Milton Bradley would manufacture a smaller version of Simon Men for Travel, oh, okay. entitled Pocket Simon. Yep. Which is, I got this Pocket Simon. Man, I got this Pocket Simon. Uh, it plays exactly like the larger version, and plays the same three games and four skill levels. And it's crazy to think how irrelevant smaller versions of games have become since the introduction of, like, Tiger Handheld uh, and Game Boy. Yep. Because who the fuck, if you have the opportunity to bring a Game Boy or a Pocket Simon... You're not going to bring Pocket, Pocket Simon. now. Ever. Never. Zero times out of ten are you yeah. going to bring Pocket Simon. Yeah. Um, yeah, unless those games involved reading. Because I, I used to be able to read... While like someone was driving, yeah, I can't now. No, same here. It's like fucking vertigo. Yeah, it's not fun. No. 
also in 1980, Milton Bradley would manufacture the first two-player version of Simon called Super Simon. Oh, shit. Super Simon proved to be an oddity and was not manufactured for very long. Um, it doubled the color sequence, going from four colors to eight. Oh, damn. It played up to five different players, and it was considerably harder, which may be the reason it didn't last. Probably, because everybody's like, like, fuck you, Simon. Yeah, it's almost Simon. like a Rubik's Cube where you just get pissed and throw it at the wall until it shatters. Yeah, or you just peel the stickers off and re put them back on. Right. Work smart, not yep. hard. I was literally about to say that. Boom. Um, Simon and Pocket Simon would continue to be manufactured and sold by Milton Bradley throughout the 80s until their eventual buyout by Hasbro. Because, Ta-da. you know, that's what they do. After these messages, we'll be right back. This week's episode is brought to you by Chicago Boudoir Photography. When you become a client at Chicago Boudoir, you become a princess for the day. Their 100% female staff provides professional hair and makeup services, as well as top-notch retouching. Whether the photos you take are for yourself or for that special someone, You'll walk out of their studio feeling and looking like royalty. And it's February, the most romantic month of the year. So fellas, consider pampering the woman you love the most with a session at the Chicago Boudoir Photography Studio. Book today at chicagoboudoir.photography. That's Chicago, B-O-U-D-O-I-R, dot photography. And mention this ad to get three free digital images with your shoot. That isn't to say Hasbro wasn't good to Simon. In fact, they actually made strides to make sure Shim- Shiman. 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 Oh, they actually made strides to make Shiman. Talk to talk to talk. They actually made strides to make sure Simon would exist far into the future. Mm. They created quite a few different variations. Because they say, please tell me they launched one into space. <sighs> Jesus. Now, what happens if it comes back on its plane of sequence? Oh, well, we're fucked. Mm-hmm. Especially uh, if I find it. <laughs> they created the Simon Trickster, which uh, didn't have color, but LED lights that you had to reproduce. Okay. Um, Simon Flash, which introduced the colors, but melded them with the LED lights. Which reminds me of a co-worker, Simon Flash. Hmm. Hmm. There's, there's a long story behind that. Hmm. Uh, Simon Sticks, which was basically a bop it ripoff. Hmm. Uh, Simon Swipe, which was made in the height of the Tinder craze, because you. <laughs> or I was just giving you license to gank it from the store. That's... Don't do that. That's like System of a Down steal this album. Yeah, like they really didn't give a shit if people stole they, that they album, didn't. which is so fucking badass. It really is. Um, Simon Air. Which removed the buttons and required you to place your hand near the color instead. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> like you literally... Oh, yeah, I remember those. Yeah. Simon Optics, which is kind of badass because uh, it was kind of like augmented reality. You wore oh. it as a headset. I was going to say, does it beam it directly into your eyes? I was You're just like, being a jackass, but it's totally... Yeah, it was like an AR headset. Huh. Uh, and they finally reintroduced Simon as Simon Classic. Uh, like Coke Classic? Yeah. And with that, we are brought to a series favorite, The Fact in the Box. I know it's my favorite. Simon is number 70 on the top 100 toy list. 70, so it ranked higher than than the Speak speak and and spell. Spell. Which would, would, would not exist, exist if not for the speaking spell. Yeah. 
Yeah. No respect. Hey, I don't get no respect. Uh, there have been a few odd tie-ins when it comes to Simon, including a Darth Vader head shaped Simon. <laughs> as well as just an absurd amount of Simon rip-offs, aptly named Copycat and the travel version Copycat Jr. Oh, jeez. Uh, it was patented in 1997. Um, the Smithsonian's National Museum of American History snagged a very early version of Simon to put really? in its walls. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Joel Berger holds the Guinness World Record for most sequences done. 100 sequences, 14 times, no misses. Whoa! That's fucking insane. Dude, that is... Is he Data from Star Trek? <laughs> I mean, what he is... Is a very good lover. Yeah. Think about what them hands do. Dude. A hundred sequences, 14 times, no misses. Even if, even as a fighter, ain't nobody gonna catch these Oh, yeah, hands. true. Fuck. Iron fist in this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we've come to the end of another wild ride here at Toys R Us. If you like what you heard and you'd like to support us, leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes slash Apple Podcast. It's not an ego thing. They just really are like the godfather when it comes to making or breaking you as a podcast. It's well, an ego thing for me. Uh, for him, sure, yes. Yeah, Not for me. I just... I know how these things work. And if you'd really Dude, like I to support us, <laughs> <laughs> consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Podcast, or follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And we have several tiers and great rewards for people who do both. And they are pretty awesome. Yeah, they're great. And we have t-shirts coming out, so... It's like nostalgia in a box. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, remember to never miss a beat in your sequence, and remember you will always be a Toys R Us kid. Good night, everybody! Alright, now I would like to thank the following patrons, our producer patrons. Jeremy, Jessica, Natalie, Amy, Nicole, Nicole, Juanita, Shannon, and Steven. Thank you very much for all your support. 